So, Rachel? Yeah? As the Enterprise crew prepares for an unexpected wedding, the ship begins experiencing strange breakdowns. Ooh. What do you think you're going to get? Well, I've had a little tip off that this is a Loxana episode. Ooh. She'll have sparkly long gowns. Either Mr. Hom or Picard will be doing the ceremony. Loxana is marrying someone to save them from something. Troy disapproves. The breakdown is the lights go off and disco lights and music keep turning on. Dance break! I wish. <laughs> Rachel watches Star Trek. Sir, the core is composed of nitrium and crondite. It is unlikely another photon torpedo will be of any effect. Mr. Wolf, prepare to track the beam. Aye, sir. 30 seconds to impact. Captain, I am unable to get a positive lock with the tractor beam. There is magnetic field interference emanating from the core materials. Activate a deflector dish. If we project a particle beam, we may be able to produce a disruptive nuclear effect within the core. Aye, sir. Impact in 17 seconds. Particle beam activated. The target has been destroyed, Captain. The remaining debris is of no threat to the planet, sir. Well done, everyone. Henson put us back on course for the Messalina system. Warp 4 as soon as we're clear of the debris field. Aye, sir. Welcome. You didn't hear what actually made that a pre-credits teaser. Sound like a normal scene, didn't it? But what I didn't see the first time, because I was doing my nails, was... <laughs> Some sparkly stuff following the ship and settling through the ship inside. It's finally become the USS Sparkling Shine. <laughs> At last. Wow. Wait, who are you, crazy lady? What are you talking about? I'm Rachel Lackey. And I'm Chris Lackey. I would like to make a very special announcement, Chris. Oh, okay. <laughs> New captain of the USS Sparkle and Shine. Oh, my gosh. New captain alert. Oh, my gosh. Captain Richard Wolf. <gasps> Richard Wolf. Wow. Yeah, he's been with us since the beginning. Oh, and my gosh. And now not only commander, promoted to captain. Wow. So, thank you so much, Richard. <laughs> the ship is in good hands. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> this episode is called The Cost of Living, and it was written by Peter Allen Fields. Peter Allen Fields wrote uh, three TNG episodes, 10 Deep Space Nine's episodes. Mm -hmm. He's only just getting started then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The previous one that he wrote was Half of a Life, which was also a Luxana episode. Oh. And he's wrote the upcoming Extravaganza, The Inner Light. Oh, wow. Well, I've heard that one's a special one. It is arguably one of the best episodes of science fiction television ever. Ah. Oh. I've got a prediction. You're not going to like it. That I'm not going to like it? <laughs> I think it's going to be Picard gets borgified again hmm. and all his memories wiped and they between them have to recreate who he is to like reprogram him to be himself. That would be, that's pretty good. I actually like that idea for an episode. All their that's not memories it. of him. That's, that's not, not it at all. At all. No, no, it's but, not even close. But I like that idea. Because so, the inner light that still exists within you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that they would like run him through the holodeck and like give him highlights of his life. Yeah. And, what he means to all of them. And, uh, and then how people would interpret his perceptions of things as well. That Man, that's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, who would you be if you were a combination of your friends and family's memories of you? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind that's of a cool, cool right? idea. Yeah, that's All a really right. cool idea. Not nobody not the steal episode. it. We're writing it. We'll write that episode. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, director Vinrick Kolba directed 48 episodes of Star Trek across TNG, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, Enterprise. Ooh. His previous TNG episodes include Up the Long Ladder, <laughs> but Darmok, oh. <laughs> and the Masterpiece Society. <laughs> it just goes to show you how important the scripts are. <laughs> Guess so, yeah. Although I think he could have righted that ship a little bit with Up the Long Ladder, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> As a director. Anyway, anyway. we've got to let it go. Uh-huh. After a sci-fi heavy start, we get down to some real concepts. Worf and Alexander are at loggerheads in Troy's office because Alex is being a typical kid and not picking up his clothes off the floor <laughs> or getting on with his homework. <laughs> Unrelatable content. <laughs> Deanna suggests they write a contract that states each of their responsibilities, like Alexander will clean his room and Worf won't yell at him. Worf is unsure, but agrees. We have a form of this. I've been meaning to do a much more formal one. It's been on my to-do list for about six months. Yeah. I've uh, I've done some prep work. Oh, good. But it still hasn't been implemented. Oh. I'll, I'll, I'll help you with that. Thanks. Let's sit down and we'll talk about this after the show. <laughs> Troy ends with, One day you'll learn to be glad your father cared enough about you to insist on rules. It may be hard to imagine right now, but eventually most children come to appreciate their parents. Oh. And right on cue... <laughs> Riker buzzes in to tell Troy her mom's on board. It's Laksana. <laughs> QI rule. She's like, well, there are exceptions to that. Yeah, well. We do get a nice little insight into how Diana was raised and how she's rebelled against that in this episode. Yeah. And for bonus fun, she's informed that Laksana is getting married. Oh, hooray. That's what she's always wanted. <laughs> Troy meets her mother in Ten Forward. Loxana tells her about her husband-to-be, Campio, a minister in the government of Costellane. And of course, the wedding will be on the Enterprise. Where else? Yeah. And what was their meet cute, you might wonder? No, they haven't had one because they've never met. They met online, essentially. It's <laughs> <laughs> preceding internet dating. Yeah. Although I suppose there were newspaper versions of it at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deanna and her mother are interrupted by Worf and Alexander. Troy's tactic to stop them arguing about chores has worked because now they're arguing about their contract. <laughs> Loxana is instantly taken with Alexander. She's got a little person to dote over and throws her heir to the holy rings of Beta Z shaped wrench into the things <laughs> by sticking her nose into other people's business. <laughs> yeah, that's her MO, isn't it? She says it's a ghastly idea and that contracts are usually better between people who don't really trust one another. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she's great. But she does make a good point here, too, as well. She says, well, if Mr. Wolf doesn't stick to the contract, who's going to punish him? <laughs> right, yeah. And it's like, hmm, wait a minute. She's in her <laughs> madness that I totally disagree yeah. with. She does make some good arguments. Yeah. Um, she's an agent of chaos, but she's also the voice of the child here. And uh, Alexander doesn't get much of one. So she's going to be an instant ally for him. Yeah. And lead him off on a completely different path, <laughs> <laughs> as we'll soon see. Her philosophy is that life's true gift is the capacity to enjoy enjoyment. I mean, I, I can go with that. That's pretty good. Yeah. And she hopes she's not arrived too late. She checks that he can still smile. Mm-hmm. Picard is only too happy to give Loxana away and get rid of her. But as he and Riker walk away, the B-plot, I mean, the strange <laughs> dust we saw earlier from the asteroid field debris, appears moving along a bulkhead joist. Ooh, this could be a Tribbles-esque episode, oh, I was thinking, man. you know. Alex shows up early for therapy to avoid his dad and finds Loxana looking for Deanna. He hates his dad, he oh, says. No. Oh. And Loxana decides that 
what he really needs is some fun. She oh. takes him to the holodeck and accesses the Parallax Colony, a place full of artists, philosophers, free thinkers, and people who don't quite fit other people's rules. <laughs> Could be great. Could be ooh, really off. <laughs> Complete with multicolored floating head oh. gurning in a bubble. Kind of greets you when you get there. Doesn't speak, but kind of does a bit of shenanigans with his face. Facial shenanigans. I'd be running for the door at that point straight away. Yeah. Well, there's also a fire sculptor and there's a juggler who views his balls as worlds. <laughs> juggler Crazy Ears Guys invites them to join him for laughing hour. And they go by some people who are obviously in the argument sketch for Money Python. Oh, right. Okay. I didn't really watch that show. That's what? a very good sketch. That's one yeah. of the most solidly written comedy sketches ever. I don't think so. <laughs> very good. Thanks. Now, how how did that guy's ears evolve that way? Oh, yes. They're joined at the back. They're one ear that wraps around. There's space for his hair underneath thinking, his ears. That's hard to do your hair or get a haircut. Ev from an evolutionary standpoint, it doesn't really make any oh, sense. Oh, maybe it's just sexy. You're just, what? Place to hide some extra juggling balls <laughs> under your ear. Well, I'll go back to this. It was just sexy. <laughs> To them. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not into circus types. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and yet you married me. <laughs> Worf and Troy realize Alex is with neither and ask the computer where he is and who he's with, resulting in Majel as the computer grassing herself as Loxana up. <laughs> so that's fun. <laughs> Loxana and Alex are enjoying a mud bath with a collection of unusual aliens. This is <laughs> tricky scene. <laughs> This stranger has just taken him off oh, right, and yeah. within minutes got him naked in a mud bath. And better sides get married naked. They're not bothered. Yeah. I don't know what the Klingons feel about it, but imagine it's not in their culture. Right. Yes. And it's not in the human culture. To well, <laughs> yes. We don't know if he was naked. No, he might have his little dungarees on he still just pulled down. Well, they could have gone into, because it's a whole facility, he could have gone right. in, changed into his into some swimming shorts and then got in the hot tub. Yeah, well, she's not got a top on. She doesn't. Or maybe it's a tube top. <laughs> yeah, maybe it is. But as you've said before, why is one gender of nipples not okay? I know, one... I know. Well, that's the thing that I think we can learn from the Beta Zs <laughs> yeah. is uh, nudity does not imply necessarily sexual. Yeah, and it's just testament to Majel how much she's able to distract from the weirdness of this situation and the creepiness, potential creepiness of it. Right. She's so great and charismatic and she's got a little nice little bit of chemistry with Alexandra, I yeah, think. Yeah, I do. But um, I'm still enjoying it. Well, I think it's because us as an audience know her. We know Worf. We, we know Alexandra. Her. We trust her. We know yeah. that she's not a bad person. And she's, Yes. Yeah. It's creep adjacent, though. If you, I hope it, she's keeping an eye on him. Don't leave him with those guys. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're holodeck programs. They're not oh, going to do not, anything oh, right. okay, to that's him. True. You know, <laughs> so it, he's in no danger. He's in absolutely no danger. Oh, that's good then. Uh, well, they're all drinking from edible cups, which is fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's a good time. A portly bearded orange haired poet, also in the mud, proposes a toast to all the creatures within us. We get this. Oh, mm. To all the creatures within us? Well, of course. Every one of us has a thousand different kinds of, of little people inside of us. And some of them want to get out and be wild, and some want to be sad or happy or inventive or, or even just go dancing. That, that's why we all have so many different urges at different times. And all those different little people inside of us, we must never be afraid to take them with us wherever we go. 
I mean, who knows when we, we may need one of them to pop up and rescue us from ourselves. <laughs> oh, variety, my little Alex. The great secret is not the variety of life. It's the variety of us. Are we ready for the entertainment? Yes. Yes. Bring on the entertainment. The entertainment then begins. A stripy, scaly woman channeling the TOS Orion Slave Girl uh, does a wavy arm dance. So not appropriate. It makes I me... enjoyed it. <laughs> the reality of the situation is that it's a woman and a kid in a hot yeah, bath. Right. And all these fake people around. It's just weird. Yeah. All these horny circus men around. Yeah. What's going on? I don't understand. I mean, maybe that's what Loxana's into, but Could there be. must have been something that would more entertain Alexander and her. Yeah, you've got a flipping juggler there. <laughs> well, no one wants that. <laughs> Aww. Aww. Uh, well, just then, at the most inappropriate time, Deanna and Worf arrive to retrieve Alexander, and they are not amused. Mm-hmm, you bet. Back in her office, Troy chastises her mother, saying she will confuse Alexander by giving him mixed messages. Mm-hmm. But Lexana brushes it off. I exposed you to all sorts of mixed messages when you were that age, and you still turned out deadly dull. <laughs> that was my best line in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good bird. Man. Ooh, face. <laughs> do you remember that? Did you guys do that when you were kids? When somebody would burn, you'd go, face. No. Oh, that might have been a, a Midwest American thing. <laughs> you just got faced. The first we ever heard of all this face stuff was Jerry Springer talked to the hand and then in your face and all that American stuff. You're obsessed with faces. We would just do a middle finger pretending to itch our cheek at, at people. <laughs> Subtle. Troy wonders why Loaxana isn't buried in planning for her wedding in three days, but she says Mr. Holm is dealing with it, including altering Campio's mother's wedding dress for her to wear. That's a bit controlling, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Deanna is shocked that her mother won't be naked for the wedding, as is Betazoid tradition. So We've established that. Yeah, it's quite different. Yeah. But Loaxana says she's happy to adapt for her new husband. Oh, I hope she really likes him and they're a good match, because she's been desperate, we know. <laughs> I hope she hasn't settled, you know? Yeah, well. Why? What's the rush? I don't know. Is it in his culture to marry on first sight? Uh, yeah, I guess so. She just wants to pin it down? Exactly. Alexana distracts her with a different mystery when, instead of giving her a cup of tea that she asked for, the replicator gives her a nice, refreshing cup of sausage. <laughs> yeah, it's really gross, too. And she ditches the sausage <laughs> and then just drinks the juice that's in there <laughs> yeah. afterwards. So gross. <laughs> that's a fun little tribbly type uh, problem going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Data's running diagnostics on the food replicators and can't find anything wrong, despite Geordi getting over 200 reports of malfunctions. They locate a weird energy fluctuation on one of the utility corridors and remove an access panel, and orange goop pours out. Uh-oh, the B-plot is spreading. <laughs> Luaxana is having a dress fitting. The dress very conservative for Luaxana. It's neither got a plunging neckline nor a plunging backline. It's mm. right up to underneath her face, uh-huh. but but like a pope would wear. A female pope. <laughs> Something. And it's paired with a white wig. Mr. Hom can't make it more booby, apparently. He's got little pins in his mouth and she's trying to get him to make it sexier. He can't even shorten it. Mm. What can you do, Mr. Hom? Can't he or won't he? Alex pops by and we get this. Can, oh, oh, give me a great big hug. Oh. Now, you're not escaping another appointment, are you? No, ma'am. Oh, I suppose eventually we all have to live up to our obligations. Ah, well now, tell me, what brings you here to brighten my day? I wanted to say I'm sorry if I got you in any trouble. Oh, oh, that's 
very sweet, dear, but I really wasn't in any trouble. <laughs> Until I saw this dress. Oh, ugly, isn't it? What's it for? I'm getting married. Why? You sure my daughter didn't send you? <laughs> Just a joke. People get married because, uh, because they want to spend their lives with someone. Their whole life? Huh. They must have to like that person a lot. Well, if you're young and lucky, it'll be someone you like a lot, yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, and, uh, and if you're older... Are you very old? Um, I'm alone, Alex. And uh, when you do get older and can no longer pick and choose from whatever may come your way, then you, uh, then you do what we call compromise. Keeps you from being afraid. Oh. And that bit about being alone was likely very poignant for Majel, who had just lost Jean oh, a right. few months earlier. Wow, yeah. I don't quite buy that Loxana couldn't find somebody. I think she's a catch, personally. A handful, <laughs> but a catch. <laughs> now the ship is shaking and alarms go off as the inertial dampeners and attitude control fail, followed by helm control. Mm. Luckily, the crew are able to regain control with a manual bypass. Picard demands that Ladata find out what the hell this orange goo is doing. Picard is called to greet Minister Campio, Loxana's groom, who is beaming aboard. Campio is played by an English actor, Tony Jay, a former member of the Royal Shakespeare Company. He appeared in TV series Beauty and the Beast. Uh, remember we talked about that? Hmm. And played Dougie Milford in Twin Peaks. Oh. You might know his deep baritone voice better, though, as he played several villains, including Judge Frollo in The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, okay. The Disney one. Yeah, he's uh, first sight, not a great match for him. I'm not sure no. how they were compatible on their profiles. I think he had some kind of title and she also oh. has a title yeah so you know that's what you get ah oh, it's just a status marriage mm. and he's come along with his protocol master urko they both have black long robes with a shiny part along the spine which extends over to their foreheads just in touch that's a cool costume mm. campio seems very much business before pleasure unlike Loxana, and I'm guessing he was matched with her for reality TV conflict, not pleasure, <laughs> a la Married at First Sight, where I always think, really, did you think that these two would ever get uh -huh, along? Yeah. And that is on me for watching it. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Data and LaForge realise the orange goop is waste left by something that's eating all the nitrium. And the main course could be the power conduits and the engine's dilithium chamber. Oh, dear. The orange goop is poo. In Worf's quarters, things are getting heated again as Worf tries to get Alexander to eat his dinner whilst Alexander declares it's laughing hour and that he's promised to meet Mrs. Troy for another lesson in happy wisdom. <laughs> A Klingon never breaks his word unless he hasn't had his dinner yet. <laughs> he keeps laughing. Ha! <laughs> ha! Ha! At which point our Finney came in and said that was very annoying. He <laughs> <laughs> was ringing out throughout the house, I guess. It was. It was quite annoying. Alexander repeats some nonsense poetry from one of the circus creeps in the Parallax Hollow program. He keeps saying, the higher, the fewer. 
mm-hmm. and just walks out. Worf does some excellent veg crushing in frustration. <laughs> Apparently, the punchline uh, is from a nonsense joke. When is a mouse if it spins? The higher, the fewer. Oh, God. <laughs> God, just really annoys me, that kind of thing. Just uh, a waste of time. Yeah, but what's the difference between a duck? That's another the other one. One of its legs are both the same. I quite like that one. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that one has a logic to it. Uh, references to this joke can be found in Doctor Who. The fourth Doctor babbles it after regenerating in Robot, his first episode, and Stephen King's The Shining. Oh, gosh, how strange. There you go. Next, we get a great bit of farce as Lovaxana, Campio, and Erko, or Jerko as Lovaxana starts calling him, <laughs> argue because she wants to take Alexander to the holodeck. Campio insists that they have business to attend to, and Jerko insists that Luaxana address Campio by his ministerial title. I will never do for her to be so familiar. She breezes through it all, trying to do what she wants as usual, but we can see that she's worried. Diana and Worf appear, demanding Alexander return for his dinner, and Luaxana stop interfering. Campio appeals to Diana to control her mother, <laughs> good luck, <laughs> which draws a derisive laugh. And Campio offers to let Alexander stay, drawing Erko and Worf into the argument, during which Loaxana and Alexander slip off for a mud bath. <laughs> Data and Jordy find glittery dust. Every time we return to the B-plot, I'm just waiting to get back to the Loxana stuff. Oh, me too! Loxana and Alexander find hangover vibes on the holodeck. <laughs> Yes, the juggler. Now. <laughs> the, the juggler says he caught one of his balls in his mouth, and then he found it tasty, so he ate all of his worlds. Oh. <laughs> so bizarre. Yeah. We get this. Are you sad? Of course not. I'm about to be a bride. You know that man you're gonna marry? Mm-hmm. He would never come and take a mud bath, would he? Oh, he might. Probably not. You know, maybe this would be a good time to get. One of those little people that live inside of you to, to come out and tell you what to do or help you or something. Alexander, what are you talking about? I'm sorry. No. No. Don't you dare be sorry. Love this. Yeah. He's being influenced by Loxana here from a previous conversation, but he's also being a little therapist oh he is yeah so yeah troy's influenced too <laughs> without realizing he's calling on something that is already within it you gotta search for the hero inside yourself <laughs> as she's hugging alexander Loxana sees the holodeck is starting to malfunction and we could see the grid behind it and the orange goop dripping down mm-hmm. so she w- quickly gets alexander out of there in engineering, Data and LaForge realize that they have a parasite. They explain to Picard that they have to head back to the asteroid field that it came from. The nitrium-rich asteroids there might tempt it away from the Enterprise. They're five hours away. Is that long enough? <laughs> <laughs> they might all be eaten by then. Yeah. Well, it won't be now that they're munching the warp controllers and slowing down the ship. Right. Oh, my gosh. Life support fails and everyone gets sweaty real fast. Mm, is that what happens when you're low on oxygen? It gets warm in there because you're breathing, breathe there. Mm, I don't know. But, sure about that. but Riker's sweating through his outfit, and yeah. those outfits have like temperature control things built into oh, them. Yeah, that's so. Mm. I think they keep forgetting that, that they designed this technology and they go, well, let's just make them real sweaty. Wait, wait a minute. I guess your heart would beat a lot faster the less oxygen there was. That would make, might make you sweaty. Yeah. When the ship reaches the asteroid field, everyone but Data is unconscious. Thank goodness he's there. Mm-hmm. He projects a nitrium-laced particle beam towards a tasty-looking asteroid, and the parasites wander off the ship, 
and everyone wakes up. Don't know why life support comes back. <laughs> Haven't they eaten through, yeah. <laughs> through it? Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that they were just uh, blocking a tube or something. No, no. They were destroying systems, and those yeah. systems are still destroyed. So, yeah, yeah go figure. Uh, I think Data explains in some way how he gets it back on. I don't know. Sure. It's wedding time. I'm not happy about this wedding, though. No. Loaxana is late. She's come beta-side wedding style. Nude. She's, She's nude. She's nude. She's so confident. We all cheer her, you know? Yeah. So as a naked Loaxana sashes down the aisle in a few artfully cut shots, she shoots Alexander a wink before Urkel blusters that this is infamous. Infamous! We must leave immediately. <laughs> Covering Campio's eyes and hurrying him out of the room. To chuckles from the crew. Diana grins and catches her mother's gaze as Loaxana shrugs and smiles. She's not upset that he couldn't take her as she is. She's just, I'm yeah. going to be me and yep. whatever happens next happens. Mm -hmm. After all that, we head back for another mud bath <laughs> to unwind. Oh, heavenly. <laughs> Every pore in my body tingles with contentment. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful how things worked out, Alexander? I wanted to teach you how to grab the joys of living. And you turned around and, uh, and taught me to not let go of them. I'm very mutual. We still have to learn how to live in the real world, Mother. All of us. She's absolutely right, Alexander. But only when necessary. You're just supposed to sit here. <laughs> That's good reveals of who's also in there and yeah. you know, eventually it's Worf too. And Worf's up to his neck for some reason. Everybody else <laughs> is sitting with shoulders up, but he's up to his neck in mud. I don't know why. Yeah, it makes it kind of funnier that he's just a head. It is funny. Yeah, it is funny. maybe they, they couldn't decide whether Worf would have chest hair and they didn't want to, they couldn't be asked to make the call, so they just... All right. <laughs> <laughs> so that gets us into concepts. Rick Berman recalled the original premise as Auntie Mame arriving aboard and taking Worf's son under her wing to bring him out of his shell in, his, in her own flamboyant way. <laughs> well, we wouldn't know because we haven't read or seen it. But I don't know what that is, yes. Again, maybe that should be our bonus content. Keep forgetting to do that one. All right, yeah. Fields and Berman thought that the script was damaged by the rewrites and Fields was bothered by the insertion of the B story. Seeing it as something one needed to have there rather than something that was intrinsic to the part of the show. It wasn't intrinsic, but no. it is a sci-fi show. However, he was pleased when it was agreed to let the personal story take the main stage. We don't want them to be all like that. This is a science fiction show and science is fun, but in this case, it was a personal story that was the most important. Good. Glad from, you realized that. Yeah, it's from Captain's Logs. Yeah. One of the big concepts for me was what a child needs to be brought up well. Discipline is what Worf was pushing. Troy was trying to get in some clarity mm -hmm. so that they could stick to what they've agreed and that it feels fair. Yeah. A co-created contract to which the parent is also bound. Mm -hmm. Loaxan is coming in with warmth, hugs, praise, fun, play, laughter as the things that she would prioritize and not bothered if that creates chaos or a lack of expectations or discipline. Although she would show up for him when she said she was going to. I don't think she's that kind of person who makes big promises to a child and then just does whatever the heck she wants. But yes. she might be, because yeah. fun people can be like that, can't they? They can. And then the other one, uh, nude mud baths with strange adults. 
Um, is that an essential <laughs> part of a good childhood? I'm not sure. Maybe I'm beta Z. So I, I think uh, the conclusion maybe that they were going for, the one that I came away with anyway, was a combination is yeah. what you need. And certainly Alex needed a dose of what Loxana was bringing. But we can also see the sort of ab-fab dynamic of uh, Troy's turned out as the sensible, more parent. Responsible. <laughs> responsible one, yeah. a little bit dry. And Loxana is able to just be as wacky as she likes. So Troy didn't appreciate the way she was brought up. Well, it proceeded internet dating with the profiles. Mm -hmm. We had loneliness versus freedom. And it's a continuation, though, of knowing that she's been desperate to find a partner. So it made sense that she might settle for someone. She, she had wanted Picard, too, who was stuffy and courteous in her company. And no fun, but the most powerful man there and work-focused. Right. So maybe that's her type. Yeah, could be. Rather than with Picard, who struggles to hold his boundaries as she steamrolls him, Campio's got a protocol enforcer just for that very job, who is scandalised, of course. But if anybody could hold their boundaries with Loxana, it's... One guy, really stuffy, <laughs> stuck-up guy, and a second guy whose only job is to make her do what she's <laughs> supposed to do. Right. She doesn't want that. No. I love the calling on parts of the self to help called creatures in the episode. Mm -hmm. A big part of Loxana is the confidence and the freedom to be herself. And while she was teaching it to Alex, uh, he kind of echoed it back to her and she decided not to throw out that part of herself in order to no longer feel lonely. Right. Because it's better to be alone than lonely in a relationship that you don't like. Isn't yeah, it? it is. And as I said before, I think she's a handful but a catch. Mm -hmm. And it's an implausible concept that this is the best she can do, in my <laughs> opinion. It's a big galaxy. There's yeah. lots of people out there. I'm sure she could find somebody. And she gets around and she puts herself out there. Oh, she does. Yeah. And I suppose the only little bit to add there is that Diana has had influence over Alexander and trying to parent in a different way than she was. And then Grandma Loxana swans in with her style of doing things, which ha which happens to also be the opposite of what Worf is doing. So it's a double conflict. Yeah, They didn't really touch much on Troy as mother, but mm -hmm. kind of brings in that little bit of a dynamic as well. Uh, it's not very sci-fi. No. At all. <laughs> um, we do have that parasite that eats the thing and then leaves orange poop everywhere, which is kind of cool. But I did like what it's trying to say or what it's trying to communicate the idea the big idea of it yeah. so i'm going to give it a seven yeah seven entertainment one of the closest tng episodes to tribbles for me it didn't make it all the way but it had feeling a feeling of that sometimes oh, okay yeah not as funny well the av club gave this episode a c <laughs> saying they still found alexander insanely annoying oh i don't think so not at all i think they're out of their mind of tour.com rated it four out of ten come what? on Come on, Keith. With its sad acrobats, hairy dudes in mud baths and mute dancers, <laughs> and floating clown head on the holodeck, the gamer ranked the parallax colony scene as the 21st creepiest scene in all of Star Trek. <laughs> the woman with her torso stuck in the corridor is number four. So, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. <laughs> and the most <laughs> toys cool. is five. Yeah. I, I might put this higher, actually. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but a lot made up for it. The holodeck planet would have freaked me out as a kid. I know uh, that a little bit now as well. Right. So circusy. I don't like that whole Alice in Wonderland feel sure. at all. All those dysfunctional beings as well. Because there's a fine line between a fun, playful adult and one who's just not okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're not quite sure <laughs> right. if you need to take care of them mm -hmm. or what they're going to do. Maybe it, for me, it's growing up with two very structured parents. My whole family's quite buttoned up, really. 
mm. and meeting agreed expectations. So they can play if that's expected, but they'd never do anything that was out of the ordinary or shocking or chaotic or anything like that. Why, gosh, I mean, that's your perception of your of your oh. parents, obviously, because <laughs> I think they're loads of fun. They're they're no, uh, they are fun, but there's no rogue agent, is there? No, most families, most stable families don't have any rogue agent. You don't want that. That's not a good thing. No, no, no. I'm not saying I do want it. <laughs> I'm just saying when somebody is a little bit off, it really creeps me out because I've just got no sort of safe experience of it. But right. maybe everyone feels like that. I think maybe everybody does. Do. I think everybody does. The whole thing about Alexander has a strange attempt him away and encourage him to take a naked mud bath with other nude adult strangers but it's culturally acceptable in Beta Z culture and yeah. Waxana's mind. No problem. And they're not but, real. But what were the producers thinking? <laughs> <laughs> they're not real. They're completely safe. Yeah. They're, they're computer simulations. Yeah, but she's trying to teach him how, how to be, you know, as a form of training for life. Sure. So is she making the distinction not to do that out there? Don't know. I, yeah, I think you're seeing way too much into it. I, I didn't see it as, as creepy. I mean, if it was real... If there were real people and she took him to some real place, then I'd be a little bit more like, eh, I don't know about this. But it's the holodeck. <laughs> yeah, but it's still pretty creepy, isn't it? But as I mentioned, it's a testament to Majel that she almost succeeded in completely distracting me from these awful decisions. Sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> Director Kolba enjoyed this episode as something a bit different. That was fun. Majel was terrific. It's a fast-moving show. It was, it was slightly different because we had comedic elements in there. It gave us a different pace. These shows can get rather boring if they all go the same direction, same philosophy, same set, same actors. This type of episode is exciting to me. I suddenly had to direct comedy. The mm. pace is different. It was a real challenge, and I loved it. He'd already done up the long ladder. <laughs> Which was an intentional comedy, not just an oh, unintentionally bad one. There was, you remember when he, he drank from that still? That oh, guy? oh, brother. Hilarious. He loves a good gun. <laughs> Rick Berman also liked the episode, saying, I was extremely pleased by the way it turned out. I had some problems, some costuming and makeup that troubled me. I wonder what. But by the time we put it together and added some wonderful visual effects to the show, I found it utterly charming. It had heart and warmth. Yeah, agreed. Mm -hmm. He also credited Michael Dawn with giving a funny, great performance. Well, he always, always does, doesn't he? Always does. And Majel was great, too. And yeah. I liked Alex. I did, too. Yeah. I, I don't... Appreciate this Alex hate that's going on. Yeah. This, are these the same people who don't like Wesley? They just not so. like kids. Maybe. This episode won two Emmy Awards, one for Outstanding Individual Achievement in Costume Design for mm -hmm. a series. All those creeps. Robert Blackman. All those circus creeps. And, well, his outfit, too. He had some cool... And, and hers, Lexana's always oh, yeah, wearing yeah. awesome stuff. And Outstanding ind Individual Achievement in Makeup for a series. It was nominated for Outstanding Individual Achievement Hairstyling for a series, and I think it was robbed because if you look at the hairstyle that Deanna has at the end in the mud bath, <laughs> it is piled, I kid you not, 30 feet high. <laughs> she must have 70 wigs on her head. Very Marie Antoinette. Very holodeck. I think she's had something similar in there before, although that was a fake version of her. I think they should have made Loxana's wedding dress more plain. It was still quite Big, sparkly, and yeah. and interesting, where it should have been just, severe. Just bland. Bland, yeah. yeah. Well, we also had a juggler with huge ears, which met at the back, one super ear. Is that entertaining? Yes. <laughs> We're in entertainment. Makeup usually comes into entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Finney wandered in and said, those ears look so fake. So those are the his contributions <laughs> to, to the show. Laxana <laughs> is adorable in this because she's so kind to Alex. Yeah. Total boundary trampler but with such warm intentions and a contrast to Worf. I just 
love her so I'm happy whenever she's there, but she she really brought it this time. I give it I'm gonna give it an eight. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Eight. Sexiness? Yeah, I mean she's always sexy. Yeah. Um and we got to see her shoulders, lovely <laughs> as they are. In the mud bath, so that's that's cute. Yeah. It takes away from it that there was a kid in there with her, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> husband wasn't doing it for anybody well i just give it a three because of her just general charm and attractiveness yeah. 3.5 just for her stupid experts she's not saying she's an expert no. she made some odd decisions but yeah you know nobody said she was an expert so everybody's busily solving this problem with the goo successfully yeah don't quite know how they got the life support back on but no. they did data did no, just to remind you, it was okay. stupid experts are when they do stuff that we're going, like, why did you do that? You should have obviously done this other thing. Yeah. But they didn't really do that in this episode. It's all right, wasn't it? So, yeah, I think, I think. zero. Uh, your guesses? I said she would have long, sparkly gowns, of course. Oh, she yeah. Did. That was, I'm just give, making sure I didn't get zero again. <laughs> I thought Mr. Homo Picard doing the ceremony, Picard, Picard was gonna. I thought she'd be marrying someone to save them from something. No, no. to save herself from loneliness. Yeah. Said Troy would disapprove. She didn't really weigh in, did she? Well, she w- kind of pointed out that it was ridiculous that she was marrying a man that she never met. Yes, true. Okay, point. Yeah. And I thought the breakdown would be the lights going off and the disco lights and the music turning on, unfortunately not. No, none of that. The goo was actually almost better than that. Yeah. So, not bad. Not I'm bad. back. I'm yeah, back. You're back. I want to thank our awesome producer, Rafe Ball. He's helping out on so many things. Oh, oh he, yeah. He did that awesome meme of the Sweet Valley High Starfleet Academy. Some people thought it was a real book. It's so good. (laughs) So that's over on social media. And congratulations again on your promotion, Captain Richard Walt. Yes. Thank you all so much for your support and lots of love to you. And with that, I'm Chris Lackey. And I'm Rachel Lackey. And you've been listening to Rachel Watches Star Trek. Happy 50th birthday to Chris. Yay. Star Trek!